Casual, the gaming podcast where we talk about games casually. I'm your host, Sedge, and I'm joined by my co-host, Control Freak. You do that way too fast, man. You gotta mellow out. Yeah, also, it's kind of my evening, thing. folks. It's kind of my thing for the intro. Just do it as fast as possible until it's completely incoherent. None of just, you are very just me- get, mellow. Get it out of the way so that people don't realize I have no idea what I'm doing. Pretty much, yeah. That's how I play in D&D. And the other voice you hear is Twilight. Hello. And Light's not here. This week we actually don't know where he went. He didn't tell any of us. All we got was a cryptic test text about the Amazon. <laughs> yeah, we don't know if it means the jungle or Amazon. Yeah, we're He got sucked yeah. into Amazon Prime. <laughs> <laughs> he's in the he's in the computer. Files so in the computer? We'll we'll find out what's up with that next week. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. In the meantime, hey Control, what have you been playing this week? Uh, not too much in the realm of new. I've been that seems to be uh, the last like three weeks. Yeah, well, and we'll touch on that in a little bit. Um, no, I've been playing. Uh, I've been playing Kingdom Hearts two. Rocking some Beat Saber. I did find a uh, a nice new website. So I was going through and I was uh, like, I was looking up people who were playing like 8.0 notes per second songs. And one of the random links was for uh, AI generated music. Like it was like a preview thing. These guys were talking about this program they were setting up. So and watched it and i was like okay that's kind of a cool concept like i wonder how it's how it's running turns out they've already made it it's already like up and running so they actually had a couple of songs that they literally it's just like here is the the audio for the song they run it through this a not ai but it's uh what is it i actually have the site pulled up it is an ai what they claim uh beat sage is the website is an AI that creates free custom levels for Beat Saber, a VR rhythm game. Given a song on YouTube, the system will output a Beat Saber level that is matched with that song. Uh, it's done through, where was it? Like they actually had like this whole long descriptor of like how it actually does it. It's like, oh yeah, it uses two um, like, virtual neural networks to synthesize like how would someone react to this specific songs based on the beat pattern and the rhythm of the music and all this other stuff so i watched i watched the video i was listening to it they showcased a couple of songs on there a couple of pop songs i was like okay that works that's actually not that bad if that is like ai generated that's pretty good. It's it's not all over the place. The notes aren't overly confusing. And so I head over to the website and I toss in a couple of songs. Headed over to YouTube and was like, okay, let's just let's grab a couple and see how they go. So some of the first ones that I got were uh, a little off the wall. I just wanted to like experiment, but one of the most impressive and i haven't beaten it on expert plus yet because that was the one thing i did note they have they don't have easy as a setting they have normal uh 
hard, expert, and expert plus. In normal Beat Saber, normal is pretty, you know, simplistic. You're you're going to the beat of the song hard. You know, you're you're hitting pretty much ev- just about every note. You might have a couple of extra gaps here and there. They'll skip half steps and stuff like that. Um, yeah. For Beat Sage, they you you could almost shift everything one to the left. So what would normally be like a normal song, they have it classified as a hard song. What's a hard song is an expert song. What's an expert song is an expert plus 90% okay. of the time. So the songs feel a little bit easier than they're listed for. Um, if you look at like the notes per second, um, most of like the hard and the expert ones are ranging between like two and three, where normally like expert would be four to five um but i put in from doom 2020 oh boy bfg (laughs) division wait doom 2020 you mean doom 2016 sorry yeah doom 2016 i don't know why i said doom 2020 i don't know either because even even doom eternal didn't come out that that's what i mean doom so it's the bfg division 2020 Doom oh. Eternal OST. So it's it's from the soundtrack of Doom Eternal. Okay, so it's the new version of yes. BFG Division. So, yes, it is the Doom Eternal BFG Division. Um, I think the song title is actually named BFG Division 2020. Not 100% sure on that. But I, I took that and I tossed it into Beat Sage. Generated the, bu- generated the map and I played it. And I'm going through and I'm like, okay, this is pretty good. This is pretty good. And then it decided to just backhand me like, (laughs) bitch, you thought you knew what you were doing. And like it, but mechanically, it's amazing. Like it it actually, it worked perfectly. You know, I I was expecting kind of like, Okay, there might be like a weird note here and there, or weird arm movements, and there are some weird arm movements, but it's nothing that I think is impossible. But it definitely allows for a a very, very broad learning curve to happen. Yeah. Um. But I, I took that. I ended up getting uh, as a joke for myself. I took the uh, the song for. The complete history of the Soviet Union. Done what? To Petrus. Oh, the you, you've heard that song, right? Yeah, I think it's a Napalm Record or no, no. Um, what is the group that did it? Uh, shit, can't remember the uh, the actual group that made that song. Um, but yeah, so I grabbed that and put it in there. Worked great. Like, cause you, you know, that, that song slowly like picks up steam and gets faster as it goes on. Beat Sage yeah. kept up with it. So it's not like it just takes a sampling and says, okay, here's what the average beats per minute is for the song. No, it kept track of it. So it was like, this portion of the song is this fast. This portion of the song is this fast. And the notes are slotted in there at the proper speed at the proper notes per second. Um, I snagged another song that, and this is very off the wall, from Ailstorm. Ooh. Drink. That's a good one. 
So I, I snagged that and I tossed it in there. It was great. Like the the uh, the beat map was wonderful. I had a blast playing that one. Um, and I got a couple other ones. And actually, like I plan to go through and just like start asking people, like, dude, what's your favorite song? Like, give give me a song. I want to toss this in there and just see what this can make. Um, this is legitimately kind of changed up what I can expect from Beat Saber. And the cool thing is these guys are going to continue working on it. Like they're, they're putting out regular updates. They've got like a Patreon. So, you know, as more people are on their Patreon, they're actually increasing the functionality of the program. So right now I think they've got like somewhere in the hundreds uh for subscribers on there but once they get to 360 subscribers like patreon members they're going to unlock the 360 degree mode so right now they have the 90 degree which uh if people aren't familiar with beat saber normally you're staring at a singular straight line and the notes are coming right at you well with the 90 degree mode they've actually got like three beat tracks that are coming towards you and the notes will actually jump between the three tracks as oh, they're coming God. forward. So what do you think 360 does? Full, full 360? Circle. Yep. It yeah. is full circle beat map. And so if, once they get to that point and the subscribers are actually planning to incorporate that. Um, and apparently they're like top tier one. And this makes sense because I could see trying to figure out like an AI program of sorts to make this work. Uh, the dynamic light show. So taking those audio files and then creating a background light show to go along with the notes. Um, but that's like their top tier thing. But they've got, you know, the bombs, no arrows, one saber, obstacles, and the 90 degree thing. Those are already incorporated. Those are already active. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I have a lot of hope for this. And I do hope it picks up steam and maybe they'll have like a, a catalog of songs that other people have already posted up and you can just dig through and be like, Oh, I want that. I want that. I want that. Um, uh, but yeah, that, I mean, that sounds fucking awesome. And I'm really glad that it works well. Cause there's a, de there was a decent chance that, Oh, it's an AI that, uh, you know, makes Beat Saber tracks, but it it just doesn't do it well. But it sounds like it's doing it really well. Yeah. Uh, as I said, every... So, I I posted up in a couple of discords that I'm part of to get me some songs. I was like, all right, throw some, uh, throw some songs my way, and I'll see what I can do with that. Um, one of my buddies from back home threw up Pillar Man or Pillar Men, which is the theme song, or one of the theme songs, from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. You know how there's those memes that start off with the ay ya 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 thing? Yeah. It's that. It's that oh, song. <laughs> oh, God. So, I tossed that in there. I haven't played it yet. I haven't looked at the beat map yet. But I tossed it in there just to see what the fuck would happen. So I am uh, I'm curious to look at the 
end results of this trip into madness that I'm pretty sure I just signed myself up for. And that shall be what you start stream with next time you stream. Next time I stream Beat Saber, yes. Um, we'll see if I do Beat Saber because that's all dependent on how my shoulder is. Yeah, don't don't fuck up your shoulder anymore. I don't know. It seems like the worse his shoulder is, the more likely he is to play it. Well, I mean, I, I, I have to technically exercise it because if I let it rest too long, then uh, the muscles get stiff and recovery is actually worse after the fact. So I have to I do need to use it. I need to not overuse it. It's that yeah. stupid fine line between recovery and, <laughs> and breaking just, yourself. Yeah. Well, don't reach the the bad side of that line. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I am looking forward to Warframe later this month, uh, the 25th. Actually, that so over the weekend, Warframe did Tenocon. Their yearly event. It was all digital this year because obviously with everything going on, um, I wasn't able to sit in for the early stuff, like the early panels, but I did get to sit in on their showcasing for the new Heart of Deimos uh, story element, their their next big story segment. Uh, it's gorgeous. I love the new frame that they showcased with it. Uh, it was actually a community frame. So this was, they went, talked to the community and said, hey guys, for the next Warframe, what do you want to see? It's a Frankenstein Warframe. Of just everything community wanted that they could get to work with it? No. It's literally a Warframe where the story behind it is, it is pieced together from other destroyed Warframes. Oh, well, that's so interesting. Yeah, it's it's a it's a Frankenstein frame, and uh, they showcased its abilities. So one of its abilities is reminiscent of uh, Loki, his radial disarm. Where for Loki, he will jam every weapon in a certain radius around him. What this guy does, he steals the weapons. So he takes their weapons, and they're floating around him blasting back at the enemies huh yeah um so uh another one like increases his person like his uh his damage output it's a, he basically does a self buff and it also buffs the weapons that are floating around him so if you use his the one ability to steal the weapons and then his next ability to buff his damage, it buffs the damage of the weapons he's stolen. And then his third ability creates a debuff zone that takes out uh, enemy defenses. And his fourth ability, he blows off his armor. So the, the fragmented Warframe pieces he's wearing, he literally detonates them off his armor and he actually gets... Uh, higher defense as a result so it's like it's basically like a temporary mass buff for himself is that kind of like the gara frame um last one not necessarily uh because gara she has the world of mirrors uh ah, shit i'm trying to remember at one point she has like her 
glass frame clothing comes off and starts spinning around her like blades. There is that. Um, that is one of her buffs. I mean, there are multiple Warframes that have that. You've got Neja, who has his warding halo, which stops damage. Like, it actually nullifies damage. You have Rhino with his iron skin, does the same thing. Um, but for his... There are like there are other effects. I gotta go back and rewatch it to get the full details. There are other aspects to what happens when he blasts off his armor. But the fact that it was a Frankenstein frame created by the community is pretty awesome. Um, and then they've got a couple other up, like major updates. What the heart of Deimos involves. Um, it actually is a heavy infested update. So the new open world zone is infested. You're actually on one of the moons of Mars, I believe it is. And it is a literal infested moon, like covered in the uh, in that corruption, like the weird uh, organic corruption. Damn. And there, yeah, there there are a bunch of other updates. Uh, if you have like extra warframes or like how you whenever you beat a boss you get a part of a warframe so you know if i look in my inventory i've got you know 20 parts 20 blueprints to make ember what i can actually do with that now if i choose like i could build another ember frame and i can, can you actually add it to the frankenstein frame no you can sacrifice it you basically you sacrifice the ship to the helminth that is on your uh, your orbiter. And okay. you can choose one of the skills, one of the powers, and Helminth will learn it. And you can then put that skill on another Warframe. That's weird. So, you can, yeah, you can hot swap powers now for your Warframes. So if you want... Like, if you're a real big fan of, uh, like, I'm a big fan of Loki and Rhino. Well, right. neither of them really have, like, a ranged power. So, let's say I give up a Volt. I have, I have Helminth Absorb Volt to get Shock. I can now put Shock onto, onto Rhino or Loki in place of one of their abilities. So, you know what? I really don't use the decoy on Loki. I replace that decoy with Shock. I can now run Loki with Shock for one of his uh, loadouts. Because uh, each frame has three loadouts that they can have. And I think you can buy more. But you can actually designate, like, okay, loadout two will have the Shock ability. But loadout one and three will have Loki's normal abilities. That's interesting. So you don't sacrifice that ability that you override on all of your options. So you don't lose it permanently, but you can have it replace one of the loadouts. I still need to get the other newest Warframe, the Wisp one. I like Wisp. She's fun. I never um, got to those quests. No one's ever doing that. I, I also never got to those quests. You guys do know you could just ask like hey can i get some help getting this and i'd be like hell yeah let's go yeah i know i have a hard time asking for things oh then there's your problem <laughs> i know um, it's a problem it's still there 
but yeah like uh during the whole event i took a bunch of screen caps uh from the uh oh, why am i blanking on the name of it one of the relays um if you were in the tenocon relay during the uh the live stream as they were going through the events on the live stream they were actually teleporting you to like this showcase room to actually show off the new enemies and the uh the new region and all the like the npcs and all that other stuff so i took a bunch of screen caps of that and the stuff looks insane uh they've got a new space mom because previous space mom became space bitch was that the was that the chick with the thing over her head i mean she's got the weird like medallion in her forehead and then she technically comes out of an infested flower type of thing but that's not the you know oh essentially the person who gives you one that has the the purple helmet yeah that's space that is original space mom yeah (laughs) space mom yeah there's new space mom now yeah, because you said original Space Mom became a bitch. Yeah. She went evil. Oh. I still miss you, Space Mom. <laughs> uh but yeah, like I'm 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 super stoked for it. I'm liking what they're putting out. They did this last year when they showed off Railjack. Uh I still hope that they put more into Railjack. It's a lot of fun to have those missions, but I'm hoping they make them a little more accessible to solo players. If anything, that's my only complaint with it is if you try and run Railjack stuff by yourself. You're going to have a bad time. Yes, you are going to have a bad time because if your uh, Railjack gets destroyed, it's a mission fail. But to destroy some of those ships, you have to get out of your Railjack to go attack them directly. So it's, yeah. it's just one of those cases of like, if I'm solo, I'm boned. Exactly, because you're leaving your railjack undefended. Yep, but uh, but yeah, no, I'm I'm as I said, I'm looking forward to it. I'm happy with what they showed off. I'm happy with the shirt that I got, the pin that I got, the stuff that they put into the game for free. Uh, for the folks that did get a chance to watch it, they were giving out Hydroid Prime if you watched the Heart of Deimos release, um, and then they were giving out. Uh, I think they gave out a secondary weapon and a Cyandana, which is basically like the little cloak things uh, for those that were just watching otherwise. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, at least they did something for the community in this time where, like, having conventions is dumb. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like, uh, Warframe, they do, like, Monday through Friday, there's a, there's a Warframe stream going on. Right. Every 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 day and each day is a different console so i think like uh i think tuesday actually i think tuesday is like the community director just comes out and talks to the community and i think she i think she's on pc but it's like they've got one for switch they've got one group that does it for xbox they've got one for playstation they've got one for pc they've got their dev stream you know what i think today was switch I'm fairly certain. Yeah, I think Tuesdays is Switch because Thursdays is Dev Stream. I think Wednesday is Xbox, Friday's PlayStation. And then uh, Monday, I think it's just like, I think they generally just, they have like multiple of the girls playing. 
yeah, their entire crew for like the public facing for Twitch, all the players are female. Kind of makes me well, laugh. Yeah, I think that's pretty dope. It is. Oh no, it is. Then they they are all awesome. But then like you've got the like when they do the uh the dev streams, like the rest of the crew it's just like all right guys, what do you have for us? But it's always the focus for the female and the guys are just around like, yep, we're adding all this new stuff. We got all this new stuff. But the camera's never on them. Of course not. <laughs> it because people like I apparently I knows what people want to want to see I, I don't know people like eye candy <laughs> yeah well and actually one of the funny th other funny things is all the voices in warframe are people that are like the developers so like uh i think space mom is actually uh megan who does the dev streams like the the uh the prime dev streams um but yeah, like each of them for the community streams, they actually do like the voice acting for the various characters in the game as well. Oh, that's that's super cool. But yeah, that's that's what I have been up to. That was what my weekend entailed. And ladies and gentlemen, that was your 30 minutes of Warframe. Can't help it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Twy, you got anything to add to the what have you been playing? Uh, Not really just more hunter yeah did you get run over enough. by any I'm more deer no i did not get mauled by any more deer well shame i didn't wait wait she had a well <laughs> what happened well the game kind of glitched sorta and one of the deer didn't see me so i just walked up right behind it and tried to do a thing that i saw a clip on reddit do where they were just walking on top of a walking elk and I tried to do that, but I ended up taking damage from bumping into the deer. Damn. <laughs> well done. Huh. So you didn't get, like, directly mauled. The game just decided, no, we're going to take some of your health away. Yes. Yeah, fair enough. Right now I'm on an annoying quest where you're supposed to kill, like, four or five creatures in the roughly the same area. But the problem is the more animals that you kill there, the less likely animals are to show up. Well, yeah, because they hear gunshots. You got to use the quiet weapons. Gunshots don't really make too much of a difference. Yes, they run away, but they end up coming back if nothing was killed. It's just the game mechanic called hunting pressure. And the more hunting pressure in one specific area, the less likely creatures are to come around. So you got to go outside the area and use your calls to try to draw animals to that area. Huh. And it's annoying. I mean, and annoying, but, I mean, that's how hunting is sometimes. Not that I would know. I haven't been hunting in, like, ten years. Yeah, I've never been hunting. Meh. It's overrated. <laughs> Not my cup of tea. I mean, I don't but see you wanting to sausage. I mean, I don't see you wanting to sit there for three hours hoping that you see something. If I want to see a deer, I just, all I gotta do is look out the window. But be fair, deer sausage is control delicious. has a point. Venison sausage is great. My brother wants to try hunting, but he wants to hunt the deer that's just always outside the door. That's you're not hunting. 
<laughs> also, there are regulations on what you are and are not allowed to uh, to hunt. And where and where you're not allowed to shoot. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure our front yard is not a good place for hunting. No. Yeah, it's I probably mean, it's not allowed. Common, it's pretty common to hear gunshots, but I don't think you're supposed to be hunting in your front yard. No. No. No, you are not. It is pretty weird when you're when you're like, oh, I hear a gunshot. I wonder if my dog is scared and not, oh my god, I heard a gunshot. Yeah, but that's just living in the country. Yep. Or Chicago. Or, or Chicago. <laughs> No, in Chicago, you play the game Firework or Gunshot. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a distinct difference around here. Yeah. I mean, I figured. <laughs> All right. Um, in terms of things as well, I haven't played anything new either. I've just been going even farther into Halo. The madness because that is Halo. Well, because now I've started to dive into ranked play. Like, I'm not just doing social games anymore. I'm doing ranked now. I'm sorry. So I'm rank four in Halo 3 Slayer, and I'm rank I'm platinum five and six for Slayer and free-for-all, respectively, in Halo 5. Before I get to, like, the one new thing I played this week, because I also uh, did a started a co-op game with our artist Chi, in Divinity Original Sin 2. So I, I've, I've never played more than the first like hour of that game before. So this should be an interesting playthrough for me. Yeah, especially it, I, I haven't played the co-op stuff, but I've played the uh, the single player. I know it's a good game and co-op is interesting because you get your character and your partner gets their character and then you each control one of the like NPC party members you can pick up the secondaries. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Um, but I, I, I had a thought while I was playing halo this week. You're allowed to do that. Sometimes hmm. you forgot to, uh, re-enable the chip. Ah, uh, shit. I keep forgetting. Yep. But so, if I tell you to think of a map from Halo 3, you have something that comes to mind, yes? Um, I can think of Halo maps, but I have no idea which ones they come from. My idea That's fair. Death, death, all the death. <laughs> if I tell you the map with the big windmill, you know the one I'm talking about, though, right? Yes. Or, obviously, Blood Gulch. Yeah. You can see blood gulch in your head nightmare halo blood gulch halo 4 and 5 have an issue that i don't think anybody's talked about or if they have i haven't seen it lack of map variety not even lack of map variety lack of memorable maps like uh last resort and Zanzibar from Halo 2, the one with the big windmill. Blood Gulch, Valhalla. Zanzibar, Zanzibar with me. <laughs> Blackout, Lockout, Truth, or Heretic, I think it was called in Halo 2. Like, I know all those maps, and I can tell you those maps. If you ask me to name a map from Halo 5, I'm going to go, uh, the, the one that looks like 
it's kind of like that one from Halo 4. Well, weren't they the ones that had the uh, the office one? Or what looks like the main lobby of an office? Wasn't that Maybe? Five? I don't know. 5 has a lot of weird new maps that look like they're ripped straight from Counter-Strike. <laughs> like a lot of community created maps and that that's a big thing they relied on a lot of like community maps yeah i think and didn't make the really cool developer maps and the maps they do have are in like a couple of them are interesting but most of them are really forgettable and they're asymmetrical they feel more like paintball maps they feel more like paintball maps or like a weird call of duty map hmm like they don't feel Halo-y. And I, I was thinking about this. I'm like, what will drive Infinite's multiplayer into the spotlight? And one of the things I thought of, it needs those memorable maps back. Not necessarily remakes of the old maps. It needs its own memorable maps. Yeah. Something to like set it, it apart. Exactly. Oh, wait. That it, office map I was thinking of was Reach anyways. so yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well... And that's the thing, even Reach had its memorable maps, like Power Station and Sword Base. Like, you know those maps. Yeah. They were interesting. Halo 4 and 5 had none of that. Halo 4 had a couple big team maps that were memorable, like the one that takes place in the canyon with a big crashed ship. What about the uh, construction site? Uh, I don't remember that one. I think we, we played a couple of maps of... Uh payload on it in halo reach oh wait that must have that was probably a reach map yeah. never mind yeah because four isn't out on pc yet right right so that's a reach map never mind yep see that's the thing <laughs> you st you keep naming maps you remember the reach maps and reach maps were still memorable even if reach wasn't as good of a game as halo 2 and 3 but yeah they were still memorable weird. Halo 3's maps, memorable. Halo 2's maps, memorable. Hell, the fucking teleporter map from Halo 1 is infuriating as it is. Memorable. Halo 4 and 5 did not have that, and 343 needs to make that adjustment. They need to make the memorable maps and not, one, not rely fully on community maps. There's only so many times I can play Granola. Yeah. But, you... Time will tell with that, but that's one of the main things that I thought of that needs to change with Halo Infinite. Also, in regard to that, we got news. The multiplayer is going free to play. Yep, I saw those uh, announcements. So, I'm not necessarily upset about it, but I don't know if I'm happy about it. If that makes sense. Uh, I mean, I can, I can think of worse factors. I mean, and I mean, you'll have more targets. Well, yeah, there'll be more bodies, but it'll bring in more cheaters, people say. Which, I mean, fair. But True, at the same look point... At the, look, look at Call of Duty's Battleground. Yeah, but and that's the other thing that we don't know. We don't know what's going to be free. At least I haven't seen anything clarifying what's going to be free. We don't know if it's going to be the whole multiplayer or just one specific, like, big team mode. True. Because they could true. bring back, like, a Warzone-type mode, and that's what's free. And, like, your standard arena, big team battle, all that, your standard arena modes, those are all you still have to buy the game for them. And, I mean, sure, that'll 
drop the population of like arena slayer and free for all and all those games but i don't know i'm not super worried about it i'm guessing that means we're getting a season pass though oh absolutely or, uh battle pass yeah 100 percent. So, yeah but they did say no loot boxes so hooray yeah no it's more of the stupid that, card uh, system yeah it's just gonna be that uh what they've got currently yep but paid for yeah like they'll probably do exactly what Fortnite and modern warfare do you have to buy the battle pass and that's how you unlock shit so they'll be free stuff cosmetic yeah that i mean that's the one thing it's if they keep it to arm i i will be sad if it's like armor pieces and that's the only way you get certain armor pieces because i'll be honest if i have to grind through a hundred tiers of a battle pass to get the odst helmet i'm gonna be pissed three four three like do not take away my odst helmet or lock it behind a battle pass you lock special shit behind that you don't lock the odst helmet behind that i'll be pissed I'll still grind for it, but I won't be happy about it while I do it. Um, I did try one other game this week, though, before we go to break. I played three matches of the Fall Guys, which is basically Battle Royale Wipeout, or Battle Royale Mario Party, actually. <laughs> it's It's super cutesy, and it's fun, and even when you lose, you don't feel that irritation, like if you get killed in Fortnite. cuz I, I don't know i'm i'm i'll be honest i have chilled chaos up right now and uh is he's he pretty irritated? ragey he's pretty, he's pretty ragey, <laughs> he's pretty ragey. <laughs> he, i was he was he was on one of the segments with the uh the balance beams oh god and he just kept getting bumped off repeatedly <laughs> I'm, i just keep glancing over every now and then and i just see him pacing back and forth on his webcam <laughs> I mean, it does have that, uh, it does, I can definitely see it having that effect. Yeah. Like I said, I only played three matches. I saw maybe four of the mini games. But it's fun. I, I'm, in, I'm enjoying it. So, yeah. And apparently they have, like, a lot of uh, plans for it. Which is good. And one of those plans, I hope, is that you can do, like, a streamer thing. So, like, people can join your game on a stream. Yeah. You, you can have, like, a private lobby. Random. Yeah. Well, I know you can have, like, you can party up with friends. But you are going against them and oh, the yeah. other 60 people. Yeah. Some of the modes are irritating. I There's one, it's tail tag, so it's basically flag tag from high school, or from grade I, school. I just saw a round of that, and yeah, that just... It doesn't work half the time. Yeah, grabbing I seems... Oh, wow, he snapped his controller. Chilled? <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> he just showed it off, like... So, he was. I guess he was playing on an Xbox controller, and the left and right mouse button are missing oh my god <laughs> he uh he apparently raged yeah okay well <laughs> chuck my previous statement out the window apparently fall guys can get really ragey which i'm not recommending it to our friend group then because that's, that's hilarious yeah, that's oh are you kidding me yeah well as i like we we had talked about it some of them i think would have fun with it but I'm, others would not yeah yeah 
but um, uh, unless yeah. we could do like private lobbies which isn't a thing currently there yeah there are some some of our friends group would be like no fuck this shit yeah one game and gone yeah <laughs> uninstalled <But laughs> with that i mean that's that's all i got this week for what have i been playing so yeah uh, we're going to go to break here really quick, and then we'll be right back. So don't go anywhere and check out these promos. I'm Harrison. I'm Jordan. Well, I am Harrison. I'm fucking Jordan. All right. And, and we're, we're the, the Grief Rio, Rio podcast. podcast. Let us be your unnatural Sherpa guides on this existential plane of mountainous game and movie exploration. And don't forget about that spookiness that lives within us all. But mainly in you, you spooky bitch. I'm offended. We've been voted the best podcast to listen to by many. By many, that means a few. That's more than one. This ought to be very. We'll see you on the next episode of Grief Burrito. Yeah! Yes! Hey everyone, it's Anton, host of the Discount Podcast. Look man, monies can suck a lot. The weekend's over, you gotta go back to work. Maybe you can't stand your coworkers, which is likely. Whatever the case may be, we can help you make your Monday just a little bit better. Check out our show, The Discount Podcast, where we talk about nonsense and anything and everything. It's always fun, it's not always politically correct, and it's just us. So tune in and let us make the start every week not suck quite so much. Available wherever you can listen to podcasts. New episodes up every Monday. Discount Podcast, the DP. You didn't expect it, but you might like it. Hey, welcome back, everybody. I hope you guys enjoyed those promos. Go check out those shows when you're done here. So, uh, we don't... I mean, we don't have any news topics to discuss this week, but we do have a couple things we wanted to talk about. The lack of news. I mean, (laughs) it is that... It's just that period of the year, man. Well, no, no, I mean, lack of news regarding games, like, yeah. releasing. Oh, <laughs> yeah, because as Control informed me at, before we started recording, I'm sure a few of you remember because it was the title of one of our episodes. Uh, a little game that me and Control tested out in the beta called Disintegration, where you play as... Disintegrated. No, it's Disintegration. Was it... T-I-O-N? I thought it was disintegrated. Yeah, yeah it's disintegration. We that's There was a right. whole thing that, in the that, episode. That, that's right. Yep, we debated that. Um, But it's basically the game where you play as humans who put themselves into robot bodies to escape a virus. Right? Yep. So, <laughs> that game came out in June. <laughs> and we're just and the reason- now noticing it. <laughs> Yeah, and the reason we didn't talk about it, well, one, we didn't pick it up because, as Control just said, we didn't fucking know it was a thing. <laughs> like, the game just dropped. And if you look at the reviews, it is, like, mixed totals, but mostly negative. Yeah. Uh, for the new reviews. Which, and which is rough because i mean what we played wasn't terrible it wasn't bad it wasn't good like i i distinctly remember both of us going eh it was interesting but i don't know if we'll pick it up and now i mean i'm definitely not gonna pick it up because i don't know <laughs> apparently it's got problems yeah well and that like looking over the reviews 
no one ever really says that the game is outright bad. No one, no one says the controls are terrible or that the gameplay is broken. You know, more often than not, it's it has a crappy story. Like the story is uninteresting and non-engaging. Uh, one of the longer reviews I had read, they literally says like, during the free weekend, I played through the story twice because I was trying to figure out what the fuck was the actual story. And at the end of it, it was like, yeah, after two playthroughs, I have no fucking clue. Ugh, that's <laughs> never good. Also, it had a free weekend and we didn't know about it. Yeah. That shit's uh, usually like front page on Steam. Yep. But here's the thing. This is not the first time we've seen this. A game just... I, I mean, obviously, Apex Legends soft launch, but that game did great. Because it was during that time frame, that that general time frame of, hey, you know, here battle royales are the shit. Here's a free battle royale with, uh, you know, core Titanfall mechanics and gameplay style. Yeah. And so the people from Titanfall jumped onto that bandwagon. And I'm fairly certain Respawn probably like snagged a couple of uh, streamers and got them in on that band. Oh, they definitely they definitely did. I, I think like. The day that game launched, Ninja was playing it from the start. Yeah. So, and and that's the thing. They they took steps in terms of marketing. That's yeah. a really important thing that uh, you should do when you try and release a game. Or, or literally any product. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want your product to succeed? Marketing. Yep. And but... so, like... As I was reading these reviews, like one of the other things that came up, like some people made comments about the gameplay, you know, the AI is kind of dumb. And, you know, the fact that your whole mechanic is you're in this grav bike, you control peons, but the peons are dumb and your grav bike only has two weapons and they're predefined. Right. Doesn't like... really endear myself to being great no and i i think both of us said this when we were playing like it's it, generic wasn't even the word for it honestly there was no it impact. was just yeah it was just a non-game in yeah. my opinion i mean i wouldn't call it a non-game it was a game yeah but there was nothing that it's like, oh, but the grab bike set it apart from everything else. It's like, not really. It felt like, uh, like sitting in those grab bikes. You want to know what it made me think of? Hawken. Do you remember that game? Nope. So that was a free to play. I'd put it close to uh, the Xbox 360 um, Mech Warrior games. Okay. So you had your mech and you set up your weapons and you'd go into these PvP battles. That was Hawken. Disintegrated or in disintegration felt very similar to that when you were piloting your little grav cycle. But the thing is, like, you're just you're hovering around. So movement wasn't necessarily anything extravagant. You yeah. you had a lot of strafing left and right, but verticality wasn't a necessity high ground didn't matter high ground wasn't a thing the the playing fields are all very flat 
Yeah. I mean, that, that, and that was the whole thing. The maps were really not that interesting, in my opinion. Might as well play a tower defense. Yeah, then that's what it was half the time. Yep. It was either you were trying to tower defend against your opponent's peons, or you were directing the peons into your opponent, or just trying to get those kills against your opponents, because what the hell else are you going to do? Yeah. No. It, but it, this is not the first time we've seen a game basically come out, like, get announced and get some hype behind it and then disappear and launch without anybody saying anything about it. Oh, yeah. Because the game I brought, I mean, it happens all the time, but the the other game I distinctly remember was Lawbreakers. And that was from the creator of Gears of War, Cliff Blazinski. That was going to be his answer to Overwatch. It was this arena-based multiplayer shooter that was supposed to have gameplay along the lines of, like, old-school Quake. And it did. And it was interesting-ish. I, I think that moots my point that I have to add the ish in there. But it came out and no one knew about it. It can't, yeah. It had like one really, a couple really cool trailers, and then nothing. No media coverage on the TV. I barely heard about it on like gaming websites or YouTube. Yeah, and I, the game came I out. Forgotten that the game was even a thing until yeah. you mentioned it. And the game came out, and a month later, it, it wasn't. And I'm not talking about just like, oh, it's a dead game, but like you can still sometimes find... No. They shut down the servers. They took it off Steam. The game is gone. It no longer exists in as a purchasable product. And Which, I think that... Well, that is, does that well, mean people that bought it no longer have access to their game? Yep. I don't know. Because it's still in my library. Have you but, tried to play it? No. It, that, well, but you have to think. There are if there are no servers and there's no single player, there's nothing to it. Yeah. Like, you mean, can load the game and then it's gonna be like there are no servers available. I feel like that's legal. It's not. It's I mean, not. It and that brings up a different discussion. And people have been talking about this for yeah, a but, long time. Yeah, like what happens when what happens when these developers come in, they make a game, shut down the servers, and people have paid money for this? It, it. Or what if a developer just takes their game off of a platform and you can't play it whether the servers are there or not? It's one of the downsides to digital distribution, but I mean, it'd be the same thing if the game came out on disc. Well, and I mean, exactly. that happened to like a, the Spore game. Even though they at least, like, I think physical copies, they still couldn't actually get into the game because there were no servers. Yeah, and, well, and that that happens over time, generally. like, But, gen but generally, it's years later in a yes. game's life cycle. Well, I mean, hell, look at uh, the original Star Wars Battlefront 2. The original. Yeah. Like, those servers stayed alive for ever but that was because people loved the game and played the game and then know? they shut it down and now they're back yeah like developer made servers are back 
because there was enough of an outcry for it. But yeah, when I you mean, have a and... game that comes out and there's no steam behind it to begin with, then you 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 bump into kind of a a deeper problem is where what happened. Yeah. Like <laughs> I mean and the, the that's the thing. Lawbreakers had an opportunity, but they didn't really have a stream they didn't really have streamers supporting. I think he was really hoping that like streamers would pick up on the game. It's like you want that to happen, you gotta like give people copies. Yeah. Even a review yeah. copy. I'm not, I'm not even talking about a review copy. It because you can't really give a review copy for a multiplayer game. I mean, look look at what happened with Battleborn. Yeah. Yeah, who remembers Battleborn? I do because I actually liked it. <laughs> See, and that's what I hear a lot is people talk about it all the time. They're like, "Oh, I liked Battleborn." And yeah, it got overshadowed by Overwatch. That doesn't mean it was a bad game. But it came out at the wrong time. Yep. It had a story. <laughs> it did. Yeah. Well, yeah, Blizzard Blizzard literally buried it. Blizzard yeah. took it out back and shot it and put it in a ditch. All of their marketing was specifically targeting Battleborn. Yeah. Which sucked because they could have coexisted because Battleborn at the end of the day was just an MMO. Or, sorry, not an MMO. Uh, Loot and shoot. Well, MOBA. I wouldn't even call it. Yeah. MOBA. Uh, yeah, it That's a, what it was. The multiplayer was a MOBA at least. Yeah. I, well, I didn't the play the story because I well, was just in the beta. Yeah, the uh, the multiplayer because the story mode was multiplayer as well, and like it was really well done. Like existing in games. What I mean, what's that? Nowadays, it's a myth. <laughs> games come out and they try to tear each other apart like politicians. Yeah, but at least games have interesting things to go with them. That's fair. Um, coexistence. What's that? A type of sushi. <laughs> but yeah so that that's really sad to hear that that game came out that disintegration came out to just nothing because <laughs> that really would it came out to nothing yeah no fan bells because i remember that was one of the big things from e3 yeah that oh, year yeah. they they were they pushed it hard and then they just went away yeah yeah i mean we haven't heard anything about it since the beta that was the last thing time i heard about disintegration yep so all i can think of is that's rough buddy i mean that really is what it is it's like my game did bad that's rough buddy do you know uh, why it did bad no got a couple well, of things to tell you <laughs> we have some ideas us here at the gaming casual podcast and our professional opinions as well as the professional opinions of legitimate professionals yeah people who get paid to do this yeah speaking of which if people want to sponsor the show <laughs> you know hit us up yeah, if anyone knows a company giving out man-ass wipes for uh, sponsorships, 
Or, you know, if MeUndies ever wants a sponsorship. Because <laughs> we're going back to that. Yep. Clean asshole or comfortable crotches, I'll take it. Um, So the other thing that I wanted to talk about was a, based on a Polygon article that Chi sent over to me. Uh, that the tagline of the article is games need to return to a black and white morality. So I don't know if you've noticed this, but games are now strain. Some games seem to be straying away from the whole, this person is good. This person is evil. You are the hero or you are the villain in favor of games like the last of us, where they're both kind of the villain. Yeah. And the hero. No one's good. No one's evil. Everyone's just kind of bad. Everyone's the hero of their own story. Well, but that was the thing. At the end of The Last of Us 2, there was no hero. Spoilers. Duh. (laughs) It's been out long enough. I think people have had it spoiled for themselves. That's fair. But... No, leg- legitimately, at the end of Last of Us 2, there were no heroes. Last of Us 1, it could have still been debated. Like, with everything that had happened at the end of Last of Us 1, you could still consider Joel to be kind of a hero. I'd, I'd call him more of an anti-hero, but... He was a man that did what he, that was doing what he felt was right. Yeah. He had his moral compass and sure, maybe his moral compass wasn't truly the good thing to do, like in terms of like good and evil, but he at least stuck with it. Yeah. He stuck to his morals in last of us Two. fucking Ellie flip flops. Like she's a fish on land. Yeah. I mean, so does Joel for for the time there. I mean, I guess, but you only see Joel for, like, what, two missions? And I don't think Joel really flip-flops. Like, for for Last of Us 2, Joel is an upright guy. It's like, no, you know, I'm going to try and help people if people need help. Yeah, I mean, that's what gets him killed. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like he would have done that in the first one. Yeah, but this takes place six years after the first game. Or is it four years or six years? I think it I think it's four. But either either way, it's like Joel at this point in time has a family. Gone th- yeah, he, he has a family, he's gone through some shit, and he's tired and old. Yeah, he's sick of fighting and running. He just wants to live his life in Jackson and be happy. Yeah. So like with, with Ellie, like obviously he regrets what he did. But Joel is still like I, I I'd say he's still a good guy. Yeah. At at the end of it. But and a I, lot of games you see now, like they try to paint the villain as sympathetic, which can work, but you still have to know they are the villain. Well, so and I know with this one they tried to make it that uh, <coughs> Abby is the villain. At one point, they they try to paint that, and by the end of it. I actually feel that Abby stuck to her guns for like 90% of it. Yeah, I kind of agree with a lot of people that say that it would have been better 
if they just focused on Abby for that game and made a Last of Us 3 where Ellie is showing up. Where Ellie's actually after her revenge. You know, I, I could almost go for that. But also like the, the one theory that or the one suggestion where the entire Last of Us 2 is where Ellie and Abby have to work together and you don't know that she's after or Ellie doesn't know that she's after Joel, but the audience figures that out like halfway through. And then yeah. at the end of the game, she shoots Joel, and then the third one third game is about Ellie going after Abby. Without Abby actually interfering with the whole ten hours of gameplay. I mean, I, I, I could see that. I, I could see that working, but in like in the long run, like you have Ellie, who, in The Last of Us 1, kind of, I I wouldn't necessarily call her defenseless, but she is... She starts out fairly defenseless. Yes, but she she develops and, you know, it comes across that she develops into someone that can defend, like, they can defend themselves, they have a decent moral compass, you know... I don't think she ever had a point of like outright. She's still a hatred. child. Yes, but she never like there was never a point of out like she developed outright hatred. And then you get to the Last of Us two, and it's like you have the one moment where it's like, you know, yes, Ellie and Joel killed a lot of people. Yes, absolutely. Abby has killed probably a lot of people. Like, they all have. No one is outright good. He wouldn't but, be alive in that area if you if you were but, outright good. But they had finally gotten to a point where they, didn't, they weren't dealing with aggressive people anymore. They were in, a, like, a separate area where, yeah, they had to deal with clickers and stuff like that, but they, they weren't... Were more or less a truce. Yeah. Yeah. And... So I feel like Ellie going from someone who was in a situation where it was relatively peaceful to, all right, I'm going to go on this murder spree for this one instance. I don't know. I don't know where I am. I don't know why I'm here. All I know is I must kill. she, She goes from being this person who probably just wants to be a stupid teen, get drunk, go on patrol, and then, you know... Do it all have, again. Have sex with her girlfriend and do it again. That That's her day. Like, she, she was fairly content with that, and then one thing happens, and all of a sudden it's like, I need to go murder half the countryside that's left. Like... Yeah. And, and that's, the, that's the thing. It turns from... You know... Ellie is the good guy, too. Ellie might be the bad guy, because she's now murdered way more people than Abby ever did. Yeah. For her vendetta. And there's also the thing where you can't get through the entire game without hurting the dogs. Yeah. Like, if there's one way to make your main character not likable, have them hurt a dog. (laughs) It's true. And it's not like you can even avoid the, that by being clever in the game. There's a cutscene where you have to kill a dog. Yep, a dog that you can play fetch with earlier in the game. No, that's after. Or later in the game. 
It's afterwards that you can play fetch with this dead dog. Yeah. Yeah. So you know the horrible thing you've done. Yeah. But yeah. So to get back to the core topic of, you know, black and white for morality purposes. Yeah. We, we have definitely gotten to a point in gaming where we put so much emphasis on not having like clear cut good and evil good guy bad guy situation for a lot of games and it's like oh well you know we want to make the uh we want to make the player think and you know bring in the uh the the tough topics and it's like then you get to the point where your player is just sad yeah it exactly i don't want to feel miserable when i play a video game for its story like the last of us sedge I don't know about you specifically, but I know for myself, when I saw the ending, that was a miserable ending. Oh, trust me. As somebody <laughs> who played through the entire game on stream from start to finish, I can tell you at the end of my last stream, I had to go play Spyro because I just needed to feel anything. <laughs> like, you feel, like, I should not feel miserable when I finish a game. Like... Gears of War, yeah, you kind of felt bad because of some of the things that happened throughout the but course of the game. But you still felt, like, okay, because it's, like... You were still the good guy. You were still trying to save humanity. Yeah. You made some dumb end. choices, but you weren't the bad guy. You, like, you weren't in that stupid gray no, you, space. You were the hero. You weren't the one that was going through an entire scene, just limping there, pretty much repeating Abby, Abby, Abby. Oh, but, God. And then, um, like, and actually, I think kind of a, a flip-flop for it, for a new game that actually did this am ambiguity justice, Ghosts of Tsushima, or Ghost of Tsushima. I will say that that game does a great job with the uh, the non-black and white morality because at the end of it, you can you are still the good guy. You're still and traveling you know you're home. Yes, exactly. It's like you go through questionable means on the character's part, but you know that you are the good guy. Yeah, you know that at the end of the day, you have done what you need to do to protect your home. Yeah. It's, and, it, and it's not like, okay, I need to go murder kittens now to save my, my countrymen. You know, I don't, I don't need to go slaughter innocents to save my own town, which is kind of what uh, The Last Ellie of Us 2 does. Yeah. It's like we're just well, ragging on Last of Us well, 2 this episode. Like this was not the point of this, it's but it's not even a case of uh you know, saving my my town. Her town like the town she was in, completely fine. safe. Completely I, fine. They like, didn't get attacked. No, it was just Joel and Tommy and Abby let Tommy live. And Ellie for that matter. Yeah, it was like the, we had one target because of what he did. Yeah. And that was the end of it. And, and yeah, he kind of did doom humanity. I mean, I'm not going to say Joel didn't deserve it. Yeah. Because he, he kind of did. And then it gets... Personally, I don't blame him for 
shooting the doctor and that might be because I got a good laugh out of in your stream we kind of pointed out how you didn't let the doctor actually finish his sentence nope <laughs> which I I thought was funny <laughs> and I I would have sided more with Abby if she shot him because he's the one that doomed humanity to this clicker doom yeah but no she she shot him because he's the one who killed her father yeah, yeah. The, but, and that's the, the dad was guy either the, the fact that Abby had, done, had been so brutal about it. The dad was pretty much very much willing to sacrifice the little girl and not think that Joel needed to know the details. He was fully fully capable and ready to just let Joel walk away thinking that, oh, Ellie's fine. To be fair, don't really blame him considering what happened. <laughs> but, I Let's mean... Let's be honest here. <laughs> Probably the smart play. Yeah. More smart, yeah. more talents. For for the black and white morality thing, like Ghost of Tsushima, you have the kind of internal fight for his honor. Jin's, Jin's personal honor as a samurai is what your morality is fighting. Like, do you take the path of the ghost and be a ninja and be, you know, sneaky, sneaky backstab? Or do you go the path of the samurai, stand tall, scream at your enemy, and get into sword fights every two minutes? And probably get all the civilians killed. Yeah. And yourself many times. Yeah. So, you know, but it it does a good job with kind of bringing out that feeling of conflict with his own internal dialogue and when you do like the the side missions and stuff like that it's never like rubbed in your face it's not bad dog you made a bad choice and now i'm going to rub your face in it it's yeah this was the choice you made this is how your guy feels about it done it's, it's <laughs> the choice is not inherently good or evil but it is the choice you made yeah. I know there's a big thing, like, with the... I, I won't say the ending of that one, because that one's still pretty fresh, but... um, Yeah, I mean, there's... Even there's the a ending big... wasn't bad for it. Well, no, 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 That that's what I'm saying. Like, the ending itself had its moment of... This, this is your choice. It's not a good or a bad choice. It's... What do you want Jin's final act to be? Yeah. And and so. and that's that's the example of how the uh the gray space should be done. Now exactly. should you know, holy black and white, you are the good guy, this is the bad guy, you know, the bad guy trope of evil, evil, evilness. Should that come back? You know what? I say yeah. You know, I've been playing through Kingdom Hearts. Sora is the most good of good guys. Hey, I need a favor. Sure, I'll help you. I haven't even asked you what that... I haven't even told you what the favor was. Yeah, but you're my friend. I'm gonna help you. Oh, okay. And then your bad guys are... I'm going to do this bad thing because I am evil. Bwahaha. Ha 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 ha. Ha ha ha. Ha 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 ha. And you know what? Yeah. I am totally fine with that. It's and, it makes me feel good to beat up the bad guy. 
Well, and, and that's the whole thing. Like, we play games to feel good. If I wanted to play games to feel bad, I'd just keep playing Dark Souls. <laughs> but that's because, but you feel bad because you are bad. Then I, I am, <laughs> I am quite bad at Dark Souls. <laughs> you still owe us a stream of Dark Souls. I oh, just wait till people. the remaster comes out. I owe people a Sekiro stream, so. Yeah, just wait Either until the, the remaster of uh, Demon Souls you comes out and play God, that. Like gods. But this has been our discussion of morality in game. Uh, <laughs> uh, do you have anything else to add on this one? No, no. I mean, I could probably go in circles for the next hour, but. Well, it, and that's the whole thing. It's like, are we just kind of going in circles at this point? Because. You both owe, it, owe much blood to the blood gods. Yeah, we can waffle with the best of them. <laughs> but yeah. So, I hope you guys appreciated our little talk here today. And, uh... Thank you for yeah. joining my TED Talk. Yeah, thank you for coming to our TED Talk. That isn't a TED Talk. Um, Sorry yeah. to all of you. Look down below for the stuff what we... Excuse me. What we do online. Good job with them words. <laughs> yep. I had a hiccup there in the middle of that. <laughs> and we will see you all next week. Farewell. Take care.